Girlfriends, episode number 89, Seven Ways to Live More Simply. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about living a simpler life, and who doesn't want that? Come on, let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to a new week. Welcome to another episode of Girlfriends. I'm so glad that you're here. Before we get started on this episode, I want to just take a moment and say a special hello and a special welcome to anyone who might be listening for the first time. We are really glad you're here. I try my best here at Girlfriends to cultivate a community among our listeners and I'm thrilled that you're giving it a try, that you're here visiting with us this week. We're really glad you're here. And we women have so much to learn from one another that your presence here really is a gift. I really appreciate the presence of every single person who listens and participates in the Girlfriends podcast. We share about the things that make life meaningful, that make life challenging, that make life uniquely joyful sometimes. We pray for each other here and we share ideas. So all of us are enriched by the presence of new listeners. So I want to thank you for being here and being a part of what we do. So this week we're talking about simple living because you know what? My life has been complicated. I shared last week that we were having our big Oktoberfest and we did do that this past weekend on Saturday. We had beautiful weather. It was a beautiful day. Friends and family. It was just wonderful. I was so happy to be able to reconnect with people I hadn't seen in a while. The kids had a blast. All kinds of games were played and beer was drunk and The kids binged on soda and pretzels and cookies, and it was so much fun. It was really a joyful event. I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity to do that. But one thing that happened that complicated my life last week was my oven broke. Great, right? Uh, So I had a lot of baking that I was planning to do. I think I shared that last week. Uh, Some of the traditional things we do at Oktoberfest are like pies and breads and rolls and all of those things I had on my agenda. And then, whoops, no oven. So I ended up, because I am part of a wonderful parish that uh, is really nice to me. They let me in to use the parish kitchen, which has two beautiful new ovens. And I did uh, baking in two different shifts at the church, which unnecessarily complicated my life. So anyway, after all of like the preparations for the party and um, everything that all the details that went into that, life felt really complicated by the end of last week. And I'm looking forward to simpler living in the days to come. Now, this is kind of a, a, I don't know, a popular topic, I guess I would say, like women's magazines are always talking about like living more simply. But, you know, we as Catholics, as Christians, we are called to live simply. And that doesn't mean, you know, everybody has to have cookie cutter, same kind of life where, you know, you're walking around barefoot or something. But we are called to serve others. And there's a simplicity in that. Um, we're called to share our our wealth and abundance with others. And there's certainly simplicity in that. This is something I, I give a lot of thought to as a mom of a large family, because when you have multiple kids, multiple people you're responsible for, there's just a certain level of complication that happens there. 
And I kind of had to make peace with that idea that there's a certain level of things, even a simple thing such as a meal or something is complicated when you multiply it times eight kids or when you've got a household of 10 people that you're trying to make meals for on a regular basis. So there's a certain level of complication that just comes with large family living. But I think we all kind of need to do a little check-in every now and then because I find, certainly this is true for me, things creep into my life. Stuff, literally stuff, creeps into my life, but also obligations, routines, you know, things, errands that I'm running become part of my life if I don't pause and consciously think about whether or not this thing is worthwhile, worth the space it's taking up in my heart and my mind and my soul and my house, then, you know, you can wind up being a victim of all of it and not even realize what a complicated your life you're leading that you never would have chosen in the first place. So I'm just going to share some seven different ways that every one of us can kind of take pause, look at our lives and possibly make it simpler. In the end, living more simply is a way to live more joyfully, a way to have more peace in your home, in your heart. I think so much of what we're seeking as Christian women is that sense of peace, that sense that we're doing what we should and we're living the life that God intends for us to live. We want the peace that comes from that. And I really think that intentionally looking at some different parts of our lives, and I'm going to share a few here today, you'll probably have more that you can add, is a great way to kind of pull back, reassess, Maybe get rid of some of the stuff that's filling your life that isn't necessary. Okay, so talking about stuff, the first thing I'm going to talk about, and you know I'm going to talk about this, declutter. Oh, gosh. Okay, we did a whole episode on decluttering. But I want to encourage you to think about places in your house, first of all, physical places, okay, in your house that tend to get cluttered. We all have, like, I think the fly lady years ago used to call them hot spots or something. The places where everything gets dumped. You know, we have one um, counter spot in the kitchen where it's right inside the door. It's very convenient to just dump stuff there. And if I don't do a regular check-in of that area, it will be just piled high with papers and stuff and baseball mitts and whatever else people happen to have in their hands as they're coming in the door. And so, you know, if you have a spot like that in your kitchen, uh, I want to encourage you to take some time and just strip it down in the next day or so. Just spend a little time. I'm always amazed at how little time it actually takes. It takes up a lot of mental space to have an overflowing area in your kitchen. Like, think about how much time we spend in our kitchens, right? Um, and if you've got a place in your kitchen that's making you feel cluttered, that's making you feel overwhelmed, that's adding physical stress to your life because it's so piled up with stuff, you need to address that figure out a way to do that. I'm always amazed at how little time it takes when we finally do, when I finally do decide I'm going to declutter some spot. It doesn't take much time at all. It really, you know, you can do it inside of 10 minutes, especially in a place where, you know, most of the stuff either belongs somewhere else or it's garbage um, or, you know, the person who left it there needs to do something with it, that kind of thing. Um, I, I find it's helpful as I'm going through decluttering to kind of make, make things into piles like that. Like this is going in the boys room, all of this stuff, and they need to put this stuff away. Um, these are all papers that I was holding onto that were once important, no longer important, no longer needed, whatever it is, you know, a description of a field trip that's coming up or, um, uh, permission slips that, uh, whatever, you know, so find a place that, 
is that kind of a stressor for you? It might be in your living room. Some people, you know, a coffee table in your living room where everything gets dumped um, or a kid's toy area, perhaps. Find a place that causes you that kind of stress, that kind of anxiety um, that tends to build up and declutter it. It might even be a closet. Yeah, let's talk about clothes because this is on my list. I really need to do this because I recently was going through... um, my closet. And I noticed at the time I was looking for a particular dress that I couldn't find because there's so much stuff in there. And why was I having to paw through all this stuff that I never even wear, haven't worn in a long time to find the the dress that I actually wanted? It was ridiculous. I shouldn't have that stuff. So at the time I was, I was rushing because I was, I was looking for an outfit because we were going out, but I made a mental note. I need to address this. So here's my promise to you, girlfriends. This coming week, I am going to go through that closet and I'm going to get rid of stuff. And here's the rule that I'm going to use. If I haven't worn it in the last year, I'm going to get rid of it. Give it away. Someone else can use that clothing. And, you know, we all have stuff in our closets that we don't wear. It's there because someone gave it to us or because it used to fit. It doesn't fit anymore, whether we got bigger or we got smaller or we bought it because it was on sale and we don't actually have anything to wear with it. Uh, We bought it on a whim, whatever it is. If you haven't worn it in the last year, you are not going to miss that thing in your closet and someone else could use that clothing. I think it was St. Martin de Porres who said, you know, that, that extra coat in your closet belongs to the poor. Like it's, it's a crime to be holding on to stuff that other people could use that we don't need. That's abundance for us. So it might be a closet. You you might have a closet like mine and maybe you're going to spend some time decluttering there. But here's the thing about decluttering. Once you do it, it feels so amazing. And you are like, you know this, I know you've experienced this. You're re-energized when you look at that spot, especially if it's a spot you're in a lot, like I'm thinking of my countertop in the kitchen. If it's cleared off and clutter-free, I just feel so good every time I look at it and I get this boost of energy and I, I can feel like that part of my life, I'm on top of it and it's not out of control and I can have peace inside of that. And then it leads to other things like you might declutter one spot and then you notice one that is, you know, less pressing that you never would have noticed otherwise that maybe you can declutter there. And, you know, I think we don't recognize enough the fact that stuff stresses us out. And it does the same thing to our families, whoever you're living with, if there's clutter everywhere, they're feeling it too. They're feeling that stress. Your physical environment really does matter. It, it affects how you feel and how you function all day long. So this week, give yourself that gift of decluttering a spot, clear some stuff. We don't need it. We do not need the stuff. Okay. Get rid of it and get rid of it in like, if you're going to throw it away, this is a a tip, a mom tip for you. When I declutter kids stuff, stuff they are never going to miss, whether I'm going to give it away or I'm going to throw it away, I put it in those black garbage bags. Don't let them see what, you know, don't put it in a box where they can see everything you're giving away, unless you really want to teach them that lesson that, you know, you're, you're being generous and you're giving abundance to other people or whatever it is. Um, so use the black garbage bags. That's what I do to avoid, you know, and we all experience it. Like if someone else 
I understand this because sometimes my husband will declutter an area in our bedroom and he's going through and suggesting we throw away everything, you know, all the stuff that I've been saving, all my precious stuff, whatever it is. And I I know that feeling of like, no, 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 don't touch my stuff. Don't, don't get rid of that. You know, but if, you know, especially as a parent, you have that authority to do that. And um, they're never going to think of it if they don't see it again. So give yourself and give your family that gift of decluttering more space, mental space. It clears up mental space to clear out your physical space. Okay. Step two, to simplify your life, stop shopping. Okay. We can't all stop shopping. I mean, it's part of what we do, right? Women managers of households, shopping is part of what we do. I totally get that. But this is one way to reduce clutter before it even happens, right? Stop shopping for stuff. I find I get into these bad habits myself where I am going to the store every single day. Every single day, I'm finding some reason, some thing that I need, right? Need in quotation marks because I don't need it. We'll be fine if I don't get to the store. We'll be fine if I, you know, whatever that little item is that's on my list. Because here's the thing, when you go to the store and you know this, you buy a lot more than what you went in there for. (laughs) Like, let's say you just wanted to get that one item for that recipe you're making that you forgot to pick up, right? You like, I don't know how it happens. 50 other things end up in my cart and I end up spending like $150 when I just was going to get that one thing at the store, right? Or forget it. If you bring a kid with you and they're putting, you know, their favorite cereal in the cart or snacks or whatever it is. Um, so that's just even grocery shopping. But, uh, Other kinds of shopping, like getting to Walmart or going to Target or um, those kinds of shopping, even more dangerous, right? I know because you see the thing, oh, it's so beautiful or the fall decor, the thing you didn't even know you needed until you walked in the store. I'm like this about home goods. I love home goods. Oh, I, I shouldn't go in there because you know what? I end up being dissatisfied with my life, with my home, with my house, with my family, with my dishes with my, you know, dining room set, whatever it is, when I go into a store like that, because there's so many beautiful things. And I'm so attracted to all of them and envisioning, oh, this other life I could be leading where I have this beautiful little knickknack on my shelf or this, you know, print on my wall, whatever it is, or I'm I'm throwing up the perfect summer party with these dishes or, you know, I'm just, that's a terrible temptation for me. It might not be home goods for you. It might be some other store that brings that dissatisfaction with your life out in you. Um, But I think it's a pretty common experience. And especially in a materialistic culture like ours, uh, that's the temptation I find. You don't need a darn thing before you go in the store. But when you get in there and you see it, you need it all, right? Or you convince yourself you need it all. So one way to combat that is to just pick one day per week, perhaps, where you do the shopping. Um, whether it's like one day of the grocery shopping, I try to do this and, um, I succeed and fail in varying degrees depending on the week, but picking one day where you do the grocery shopping. And if you forget something, you work around it. You're going to be okay. Or I've done this before. I think I shared this with you back at the start of the summertime when I was trying to um, be really good about a grocery budget just eating what we have. Like, look in your freezer, look in your pantry. We have food. We are so blessed that we have enough to eat and then some that you could even skip a week of grocery shopping and just eat what you have. And, you know, 
gain a certain level of simplicity in that. Um, so not necessary to be going to the store so much. And you know what I found years ago um, when Dan and I first moved up here in this area of New Hampshire where we now live, which is more remote, um, you know, the nearest Walmart to me is about a half hour away now. But when we first moved up here, we were in a different area and it was an hour to the nearest big store like that. Um, there was a grocery chain that was closer than that. But if I wanted to go to like a Walmart, Target, that kind of place, it was an hour away. And I noticed because we were living in uh, Manchester, which is a city before that, um, and we were much closer to stores like that. But I noticed that I bought less stuff because it was less convenient to go to a store like that. It had to be like a an intentional trip. And I would have items on my list that I thought I wanted to buy, think, even if it was just a mental list. And uh, by the time, you know, I managed to get myself to a store where I could buy that item, sometimes I didn't need it, or I realized it wasn't really a pressing need, and I could do without it. So it, even if you live right next door to Target, you could you could manage to uh, limit your, your shopping if you just tell, you know, discipline yourself that I'm going to go once a week or, or whatever it is, or I'm going to go, you know, every other week, um, depending on what, what makes sense for what your needs are. Um, but just, I'm ch- I want to challenge you to kind of challenge yourself, question yourself about what you actually need. What is a necessity? What could you do without? Um, one way that I succeed in shopping less, going to those kinds of stores less, is I use Amazon Subscribe and Save, um, which is a blessing and a curse, I guess, because that's another place where you can be tempted to subscribe to a bunch of different items that you don't need. It's just, uh, it's kind of a fun way to shop, at least for me. I like it. Like, I like thinking, okay, so I don't even have to leave my house and I can get stocked up on these kind of basic things. I use it for toilet paper, dishwashing soap. Um, what else? Uh, oh, laundry detergent, paper towels, those kinds of things um, that I normally was buying on a regular basis at the store. But this is a way that, and and I will say, you got to hit that sweet spot, like figure out exactly how often you need these things stocked up. Because (laughs) for a while there, we got overwhelmed with toilet paper. Like they were sending us the giant mega pack of uh, Scott tissue or whatever. I don't even know how frequently it was getting sent, but it was piling up even in my house where we go through a lot of toilet paper because there's a lot of people here. But uh, so you got to figure out what makes sense for how frequently you want to receive these items. But that's a way to keep yourself out of the store. If some, you know, you, if you run out of toilet paper, you're going to run to the store, you know, and you're going to do that thing where 50 other things end up in your cart. Anyway, so that's one way that you can think about it. Um, and, and another way is with larger purchases, maybe um, a small appliance or something that you kind of have your eye on, like I did kind of obsess about the Instant Pot <laughs> a few months back. Um, if there's something like that that you want, that you think you want, then, you know, maybe get into the practice of, even if you can afford it and, you know, it's not some moral issue, um, even if you could afford to just run out and buy it the minute you, you think you want it, just kind of get into the practice of writing it down and, you know, making a mental note, like, I, I think I, I would like this item. I think I need this item or whatever it is. And then wait, don't run out and buy it. Wait, see if you really do need that item. Check back in in a couple of weeks and see if you still have that desire for that thing, if it's really important, if you really think it's going to be um, enhancing your life in some way. 
So just kind of get in that discipline to not shop so immediately. All right, number three, limit your media. Limit your media to simplify your life. What would that look like? Setting actual limits, making rules for yourself, for your family, whatever makes sense. Maybe it'll be like no electronics after dinner. I know some families that do that. So it means nobody's on a computer screen, nobody's on their phones, nobody's, um, you know, on a laptop after dinner. Um, In our house, I wouldn't try to do that because kids need to be on laptops after dinner because they're doing homework. Um, And sometimes I'm doing work, but I don't need to be on my phone. I don't need to be on Facebook, you know, so set some limits for yourself, at least, even if you're not going to try to enforce it for your whole family. Maybe limit how often you check your email. If you don't need to be checking your email multiple times a day for your work. And you know what? Even those of us, and I include myself in this, um, who rely on email for your work and need to be checking it regularly, we don't need to check it 500 times in a day. You could check it every couple hours and be okay. Um, Set some limits for yourself. Maybe you only need to check email once a day. That would be great. And how freeing it can be to simplify your life in that way. Um, And when you're limiting media, whether it's not not having TVs in bedrooms, that's a good rule. No TVs and no computers in bedrooms, I think is a great rule. You know, Dan and I don't have a TV in our room. I know lots of couples do. And Dan's talked about getting one before. There, It's true. And I've talked about this before on the podcast that sometimes with the number of kids in our house, especially when the big kids come home in the summer or whatnot, it's hard for Dan and I to find time alone. And, uh, you know, and not like we have to be watching TV when we're alone together, but sometimes it's fun. Like we want to watch a movie, um, something, you know, just the two of us together and we'll be interrupted like 50,000 times if we try to do it in the living room. But, uh, so, you know, Dan's talked about doing that, but I just recently saw a study about couples who have TVs in their bedrooms and it said, I can't remember the percentages now. I'm going to have to look this up, but a significant reduction in how much sex those couples were having. Okay. Um, I guess that joke that people say to me all the time, like, don't you have a TV when they see how many kids I have? Uh, maybe there's some truth to that. <laughs> no, we don't have a TV in our room. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think the, the, the lesson there or what we could take away from that is the fact that our, our relationships are enhanced when we remove technology you know, instead of picking up your phone and mindlessly looking at Instagram after dinner, have a conversation with your spouse, with a kid, with a, a neighbor, with a friend, whatever. Or, you know, if you set limits on your on your screen time or on your electronics at other times in your day, maybe you have a habit of, you know, during your lunchtime doing something with a screen, whether it's TV or on your laptop or whatever. Maybe instead of doing that, connect with another human being. Call somebody, talk to somebody, go for a walk with somebody, connect with another human being. There's so much that's grounding about that and uh, life enhancing about that. And I think we forget it because the electronics are so easy. And I'm right there with you. I, My husband called me out on it. I, I can't remember. It was sometime this, this past weekend. Like I was just picking up my phone and he said, what are you picking up your phone for? And I had no answer. It was just like this reflexive habit. And who knows what I was even going to open up on my phone. I didn't need it. And um, it's good for people, you know, couples to, 
help one another to recognize when you're developing those bad habits. And so, you know, get in the habit of putting your phone away during certain times of the day and set those kinds of limits, whatever they would look like for you. You can so limit your media and it can have a beautiful effect in simplifying your life, making your life feel less complicated because you've got less noise, less static in your brain. All right, the fourth way to simplify your life that I want to encourage you to think about doing this week is to think about your systems. Okay, we all have systems, whether they're accidental systems or ones we've intentionally put together for getting stuff done throughout the day, whether it's a system for laundry. What does your laundry system look like? Um, and, and you don't have to be hyper-organized to have a system. We all do. Like I said, maybe it's a default system. Maybe your laundry system is dirty clothes are all over the floor in your room and you gather them up when it becomes overwhelming and throw them into the washing machine. Not the best system. Might feel a little overwhelming and uh, <laughs> complicating to your life. Um, but, you know, or what's your system for running errands? What What's your system for mealtimes or kitchen cleanup or housework or whatever it is, these different routines that we have, think about how you approach things and how you might be able to simplify those by creating different routines, like a morning routine, for example, or an evening routine. We talked about ways to start your day, right? Well, there's also room for an evening routine that can be very soothing to your soul to have these things in place. We all kind of crave routine and, you know, a regular way of doing things. We find comfort in that as human beings. And you can create that in your own life. Even if your life is, you know, terrifically complicated and you have a lot of different duties and responsibilities and you're going here and there, think about ways that you could simplify by having a morning routine where multiple things, you know, get done and prepared for the day or having an evening routine where, you know, your kitchen is set for the next day. You've got your, your kids clothes planned for the next day or, or whatever it is. And I'm not saying this to overwhelm you because I know it can feel that way because I, I know I've been there when the kids were all little. The last thing in the world I was going to do when it's their bedtime is be laying out their clothes for the next day. Like, forget it. You know, that's we'll, we will worry about that in the morning. Um, so, you know, think about what makes sense for where you are in your life right now. But think about ways that you can simplify, maybe by just establishing a day where you do things. This is something I've done with a fair amount of success over the years. I started out doing it when I was uh, just a full-time at-home mom and I wasn't working at all. I would have a day um, for different kinds of responsibilities. Like you might do uh, a baking day where if that's an important thing to you, whether it's like baking bread for your family or making treats for the week or whatever it is, you know, set aside a day where you do that. Or um, a library day, the day that you go to the library, or an errands day, the day that you make it to the dry cleaners and, you know, you pick up the prescriptions and whatever it is, there's a lot of peace to be found in setting aside a time for that. Like, I do that on Tuesdays, and so it's Thursday, and I'm not going to stress about it. Um, so whatever it is, whatever your system is, here's one that I thought about that could be um, unnecessarily complicated kind of by accident, and this has happened to me for sure skincare routine. Okay. Some people have no skincare routine. Some people have amazingly complicated skincare routines and you might enjoy that. I mean, you know, that might be part of how you care for yourself and it's good, but I just want to challenge you to think about what kinds of 
things are occupying your time and attention? Like, are you doing 16 steps to your face before you go to bed at night or um, your makeup routine in the morning? If you wear makeup, like, do you, do you put on, got to put on the moisturizer and then the primer and then the foundation and the concealer and the, you know, I have certainly, because I like makeup and I, I like, you know, beauty stuff, uh, I find it fun, uh, but it can be overwhelming and it can be very freeing to say, you know what, I can just wash my face with soap and go to bed or, you know, whatever it is, it can be very freeing to think I don't have to do all that stuff, you know, um, that's a place that can kind of, an area of your life that can kind of creep up on you with unnecessarily complicated routines. So think about your your different systems. Maybe um, with some other thing that I'm not, I haven't even mentioned here, there might be a system in place in your life. Just think about the ways in which you're spending your time and do it consciously, you know, do it deliberately. And, and really, you know, before you devote a certain amount of time to something, make sure it really actually matters to you and it's important to you. Think about things that you could possibly cut out and never miss it. Okay, so that's thinking through your systems. All right, number five is really just more of a mental switch to think, stop thinking about more. I think this is a mentality in our culture where we think about having more all the time, more, bigger, you know, it's like the next step. Oh, you have your starter house. This is one that kills me. Like, um, we know a young couple that's buying their first house and people are referring to it as their starter house. And maybe it's just a house and they're going to live there forever and, you know, have a bunch of kids and then grandkids and live there for a long time. Why does it have to be that you're moving on to the next step before you've even completed the first one? Uh, you know, so, and, and about things not even as, as big as your house, but, um, you know, like, oh, this will do for now. We kind of think like, okay, but I'm already thinking about the next car that I want to buy or, um, you know, the, the next appliance that I want to buy or, uh, whatever, it is like, stop thinking about having more and start thinking about having enough, being satisfied with what you have, because newsflash, you have enough. We all have enough. Even people who are struggling financially inside of this country have enough because we are abundantly blessed. We are blessed in this country to live the way that we do and to have the kinds of safety nets we have for financial difficulties. Um, and I'm not, I'm not discounting real, truly, you know, people who are in financial difficulties because I, I understand the kind of stress that that is. But just, you know, it doesn't take a genius to look at even people who are living, you know, in, in poverty, what we call poverty here in in this world, in this country, and compared to like a third world country and what they're going through, or the people who have, you know, in, in the Caribbean islands who are just devastated by Hurricane Irma, who have absolutely nothing, who are trying to put back their lives with absolutely nothing that, uh, and no systems in place to, you know, help them get back on their feet. Um, so, you have enough. I have enough. We have enough. Just try to flip that switch in your brain to stop thinking about more because I think it's really a very reflexive thing. And it's something that our culture really encourages. Think about the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing you can get? Never be satisfied with what you have. And I just want to encourage you to just focus on what you do have and be happy with it. Be content with it. Be at peace with it, that it's enough. You have enough and kind of 
retrain your brain away from that idea of just always acquiring more. I think we do it without even thinking about it. If you don't pause and take a moment to just kind of reshift your brain when you're tempted in that direction, it's real easy to just fall into that kind of thinking. And it feels like normal because in our culture, it is normal. It's normal to always be wanting more, getting more, getting bigger, getting the next thing, having your mind on the next thing before you've even recognized the good thing that you have and that it's enough. So retrain your brain. Think about ways in which you might be tempted to think about the next thing rather than appreciate what you have and the fact that it's enough. Stop thinking about more and begin to think about having enough. All right. The sixth way that you can simplify your life, make room for creativity. Now, this may seem complicating, right? You're like, okay, now I need to pick up a hobby that's going to complicate my life. But as we're talking about these other things, like, you know, simplifying your systems in your home or going shopping less often or driving your car less often or those kinds of things, making those kinds of steps to simplify your life, you will find that you have more time. And a beautiful way to occupy your time is to do something that's creative. It might not be you know, painting outdoors in the garden, you know, which was like the sort of thing you think about when you're like, I need to be creative. Maybe it is. Maybe you would really enjoy that. If you would, um, I encourage you to make time for that because doing things that are creative, that are, um, that bring out our, our creativity as human beings, those are the kinds of things that connect us with who we are. We, we're creative beings. We're meant to create. We're, we find great satisfaction in doing things that are creative. And and by that I mean it mean I mean making something, right? Or enjoying some beauty. Maybe you enjoy gardening. Maybe you enjoy just being outdoors. Maybe you enjoy photography or cooking or writing or think about the things that you enjoy creating and do some more of that in your life. Make more time for that. Make room for creativity in your life. It has the effect of simplifying your life when you kind of get in touch with the roots of who you are as a human being. When you become centered as a human being in that way, connected with the things that make you feel alive, that make you feel fully human and really kind of connect you with who you are. And you connect with those things by creative pursuits, whatever it would be. Just find some room in your life for some more creativity. And I promise you, if you're doing these other things to simplify your life, you are going to have time. You are going to find that you have time, energy, resources to spend on something that's creative, that's really going to enrich your life and help you to feel that peace that we're talking about here as we're talking about ways to live more simply. It will help you to find that kind of peace and connection that we're all looking for. Okay. Last one I want to mention for a way to simplify your life is to see fewer advertisements or hear fewer advertisements. If you pay attention, and I want to encourage you to do this because it can be really eye-opening, spend a day paying attention to how many ads you are exposed to, whether it's on the radio when you're driving, on TV when you're watching, on YouTube, or um, in a magazine, or on a billboard. In your regular everyday routine, pay attention to how many advertisements you are exposed to. It's amazing. It's amazing. Even those of us who try to limit our media are exposed to so many advertisements on a daily basis, just as part of how we live. It's part of our consumer culture. And guess what? Advertisements 
make you feel bad. They're designed to make you unhappy. They would never admit that. But of course, they're trying to sell you something. How do they sell you something? They make sure you know that you need that something, that you're dissatisfied with your life the way it is, right? Whether it's selling a beauty product or something for your home or something for your kids or for your family or for your marriage or clothing or whatever it is they're trying to sell you, they sell it to you by making you unhappy with what you have, convincing you you need that thing you're unhappy, right? Advertisements make us unhappy on purpose. So pay attention to that. And there are ways you can see fewer ads. You can certainly put ad blockers online um, and that can make a big difference, but maybe just spending less time online. Or um, if you read magazines, maybe spending less time doing that. I don't know. Are they enriching your life? Are you enjoying it? You know, as you're paging through whatever it is, like a women's magazine or whatever, is that making you feel better or is are you coming away feeling worse about your life, about yourself, about what you have, about your blessings? Um, or on TV, maybe it means watching less TV or maybe it means recording programs so that you don't have to sit through advertisements. Um, you know, that's something that's a great option to have nowadays or on Netflix or, or whatever it is, some way of avoiding the advertising. But pay attention to how much advertising you are taking in and, and that your family is taking in on a regular basis. And that can be a beautiful way that you can simplify just how you're feeling day to day that you feel like you're living a simpler, more intentional life if you've got less of that noise that's coming into your head every day. Okay, so those are my seven ideas. I didn't talk about any spiritual goals with regard to simplifying your life. Of course, prayer is a big part of how you can simplify your life, but I just wanted to talk about those other aspects, ways that can free us up to focus more on our relationship with God, who we are as human beings, the ways in which we're meant to connect with one another, but most importantly, with our creator. That's really what we're looking for, right? We're all looking to simplify. We're looking for more meaningful relationships. We're looking for more meaning in our life. We're looking for purpose and we're looking to feel like we're living the life that we're supposed to be living rather than distracted by a bunch of unnecessary things. So ultimately, that is our ultimate goal here. So the seven ways to live more simply, I'll just recap them here. Number one, declutter somewhere, something. We all have spots, right? Number two, stop shopping so much. In some way, limit your shopping. Number three, limit your media. Limit your electronics, whatever it is. Um, number four, think through your systems. Put intentional ones in place. Number five, stop thinking about more and start more thinking about having enough, being satisfied with what you have, making that a mental exercise. Number six, make room for creativity in your life. And then number four, see fewer ads. Consume fewer ads because they're making you and your family unhappy on purpose. Maybe you have some ideas for uh, ways to simplify your life. What has worked for you? What absolutely hasn't? Give us your feedback. I'd love to share your ideas on a future episode of Girlfriends about simplifying your life. So you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can always leave a comment on the show notes, which are always posted at daniellebean.com. Or you can connect with me on Voxer, which is a fun app, an easy way to kind of walkie-talkie style, leave me a voice memo. You can get the link to connect with me on Voxer in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Or also at the same website, you can click the little tab in the lower right-hand corner, which is leave voicemail. You can leave me some voice feedback and I can add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. I would love to share your wisdom with everyone here listening. 
Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to girlfriends every single week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way that you can say thank you for the Girlfriends Podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for this podcast, show your appreciation, and encourage its production. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. Even just a dollar per episode makes a huge difference and is a simple way to show your appreciation and support of girlfriends. I want to say a special thank you to those of you who already do support the podcast through Patreon. And if you'd like to show your support too, you can go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends to find out more. Thank you so much. I also want to take a moment to thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you this podcast. You can check out all of their podcasts and other Catholic media that will entertain and inspire you and educate you about your Catholic faith at ascensionpress.com and click on the channels tab. Okay, up next, I've got a little bit of feedback that I want to share. First, we have some feedback from Kim who emailed me this week. So Kim writes, Oh, Danielle, how do you always know what I am going through and speak to it in your podcast? I do stink at trusting Jesus, mostly because he tends to do his things his way and not mine. And oh my goodness, yes, I have been praying your prayer lately too. Your will be done because that's what's going to happen anyway. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of a snarky prayer. I appreciate that, Kim. I'm trying to get back to saying and believing in the serenity prayer because there is so much wisdom in that too. Anyway, I have no helpful advice. I just wanted to say how much it resonated with me. God bless and have a great week, Kim. Thank you, Kim. I always appreciate hearing from you. And I'm glad to know you're there in the trenches praying those prayers along with me. And I love the reminder for the serenity prayer. I'll put it in the show notes for anybody who's interested in checking it out. But, you know, it's a good reminder for all of us to focus on the things that we can do and let go of the things that we cannot control. It's so hard sometimes to tell the difference between those things, remind ourselves to let go of things that we can't control because we want to control all the things. That's the problem. So I appreciate that you're right there admitting that you stink at trusting Jesus. And I heard from many people on social media as well, who um, really resonated with the topic of that podcast, something we all struggle with. And I don't expect, you know, that that challenge to go away anytime soon. But as we're all called to be saints, we're all working and striving for greater holiness all the time. That really is where we need to be focused. That's where we're going to be hopefully moving forward in our spiritual lives and making progress. So thanks for checking in, Kim. I love hearing from you. And the next email that I want to share is from listener Jessica, who wrote in saying, Hi, I'm a new listener to Girlfriends and getting caught up on episodes. I find I relate to much of what you say on the podcast, so thank you for doing it. I just listened to the episode about finding time for you, and I have what might be a silly question. What if you have time for you, but you don't know what to do with it? I'm a mom to five kids with an amazing husband who does a lot to support me as an at-home mom. Just this past weekend, he told me to go out and do whatever I wanted while he handled soccer games and other childcare stuff. I did go out, but I just found myself wandering the aisles of Target and not really doing anything worthwhile. I wound up going back home feeling stressed about not making the most of my time away. I'm pretty sure that wasn't what my husband had in mind for me. Can you help? Thank you, Jessica. Good question. And we did address this a little bit inside of that podcast um, that you might find 
that when you have time to yourself, um, we were talking about getting time for yourself, making time for yourself, making that a priority, that you can get stressed about what to do with it. And you may be so removed from having time to yourself and being so focused on other people all the time that you don't even know what you enjoy anymore. That's a sad place to be. And it really does require attention. So I'm glad you're you're noticing this about yourself, Jessica. And um, so first of all, I want to encourage you to pray about it. And anybody who finds themselves in this situation, like so many of us, women especially, are leading these busy lives. We're going in so many directions and we have so many different responsibilities at home, at work, with kids, with parents, with husbands, whatever it is, that we barely get a moment to catch our breath. So of course we don't know you know, what's going to help us get in touch with ourselves or um, how to spend time kind of rejuvenating and, um, you know, resting or truly feeling like you're connecting with yourself. We talked a little bit about this this week, actually. And it's funny you mentioned wandering the aisles of Target when we were just talking about that in this show that you haven't heard yet um, about that. That's what we do, right? That's how we occupy ourselves. And it leads to greater dissatisfaction. It leads to more accumulation of stuff and a dissatisfaction with what you have. So, so I think it's great, Jessica, that you're recognizing this and that you you want to address it. But I don't. I want to encourage you not to stress about it. Obviously, that is the opposite of what your husband had in mind. He's trying to make sure that you have time for yourself and um, free you up in that way. And I, I'm sure he doesn't want you to be stressed about it. But I do want to encourage you to pray about it. If, if nothing else, get yourself to a church, get yourself to adoration, or even if there's not adoration, get yourself into a quiet church somewhere, or even just sit quietly on, you know, a bench somewhere and pray, find that quiet time and pray for sure that won't be wasted time. But I don't want you to feel like you have to be productive in your prayer life. Like just spend that time connecting with God, just spiritually connecting with your creator. It's what every one of us is made to do, and it can help you to clear your mind. You know, I was sharing how last week was really busy as we were leading up to prep for the, the Oktoberfest, the big party that we have every year. And I found in the midst of that, there um, one evening last week, I dropped Gabby off at youth group, and I was doing a bunch of different things. But I remembered, and I know it was probably my guardian angel giving me that nudge, that there was adoration going on um, right in the church where I was going to be right nearby running different errands. And I made sure that I got in there, even just for 30 minutes. And I want to encourage you, if you don't ever go to adoration, and if the idea seems weird or scary to you, to just go and give it a try. Just sit there quietly and don't feel pressured to produce anything. You don't have to pray a rosary while you're sitting there. You don't have to be, you know, reading some great spiritual books. It, that, you know, some people love to do that, and that's a, a fruitful way to spend your time at adoration. But you don't have to do or be anything in particular. You just need to just be present. Just be there with with Jesus and having that time connecting with him and and maybe Jessica bring this to bring this to that prayer time like what how should i be spending my time in, in what ways can i rejuvenate myself so that i can go back and and be a gift to my family once again what kinds of things could i be doing and we mentioned in this podcast pursuing something creative and and that might be what you most would enjoy anybody who finds themselves with some extra time uh, pursuing something creative, whether it is painting or writing or cooking or scrapbooking or photography or create something, uh, you know, and, and just think back to when you had more time, what did you do with it? What did you enjoy doing with it? I think back to when I was a college student and I had the luxury of time 
And um, one of the things that I really love to do was stenciling. I got way into like researching early American stencils, you know, like wall stencils, like a paint stencil on the wall. And um, there's a real art there and a real history to it. And um, I loved it. And I do have some stenciling in our house now that I did early on in our marriage, but mostly that stuff's gone. It's kind of packed away. And all those books I had that were so important to me. And you know, you might find that there was an old hobby of yours or something that you used to do. And you try to go back to it. And you just you're just not into it anymore. You know, maybe you've moved beyond that. But you know, try to you're still the same person. So, you know, something along the lines of something you've enjoyed in the past for sure would be a good use of your time now. And it's okay. Last thing I want to tell you, Jessica, it's okay to not be productive. It's okay to not have something to show for your time at the end of your time away. It's okay to be bored. Let yourself be bored. You know, that's that's when your mind might do some great, you know, uh, great rejuvenation inside of moments of boredom. You know, give yourself that gift of, I don't have to have anything to show for this time at the end of my time away. I can just be. And, you know, free yourself from that idea that you always have to be productive and producing something. I hope that's helpful, Jessica. If you have some other ideas to share with Jessica or what's worked for you for figuring out how to spend time for you when you do find it, um, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me through the show notes or through voicemail or just record a memo on your phone and email it to me. It's that easy. And I would love to have your voice be part of what we share here on a future episode of Girlfriends. And now before we have to go, I just want to take a moment to thank you for being a part of this episode of Girlfriends. Like I said at the start of the show, and I mean it, your presence here is truly a gift to me and to others. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy. <laughs>